This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I hate it when people say St. Patty's Day. No, St. Patrick. Very disrespectful. How's everybody doing out there on this lovely Friday, March 17th, 2023? I tell you what, I started out the week in a survival suit on the waterfront. Three layers of clothes and, you know, everything else, you know, shivering, heated gloves. I got, you know, the battery gloves and really warm. And then today, T-shirt. 60 degrees here in the New York City area. You know, it's, it's funny, you know, at the uh, end of summer, beginning of fall, it's 60 degrees and everybody's shivering. Then, end of winter, 60 degrees, everybody's in t-shirts saying what wonderful weather it is. Anyway, I have a brief announcement. I was contacted, or I should say more accurately, my wife was contacted because they called my home number uh, today, and I will be a guest for the second time uh, uh, in a very short period of time, less than a month, I think it is, on Coast to Coast AM with Ian Punnett. You can, that's available. Now, they have 600 radio stations. They're on their syndicated program broadcasting worldwide they also have a podcast that they release highlights on and you can find out where your what time the show is on tomorrow at www.coast2coastam.com wanted to thank Ian up front anyway uh, we're going to be talking about the East Palestine uh, train wreck we're going to be giving an update to that. And I found out some more information from uh, my sources in the railway industry on a lot of this stuff on derailments and everything else. So I'll be sharing that uh, tomorrow. We're also going to be uh, doing a lot of stuff this weekend uh, with uh, the program. So stay tuned. Uh, so like my, uh, my disclaimer at the beginning, I just started doing this, uh, recently, like this season three, right? Usually we're not involved with the, uh, stories that we share, right? And you know, meant to be a flip comment, you know, a wise guy, snarky remark, right? Well, we're all, you know, we could call this program safety snarky, right? Because we get a lot of snarky remarks, wise guy remarks, but anyway, uh, we're going to go. I Hunter Biden sues repair shop owner over handling of laptop. Okay, I am going to, uh, before we start, let me say, I uh, did business with uh, the owner of this shop, right? Uh, John Paul, uh, he goes by the name. And uh, so... Uh, we're, Hunter Biden is suing the owner of a computer repair shop. Now, I bought a computer off of him about 10 years ago, 12 years ago. His, uh, 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 he is a very good friend of a very good friend of mine and since has disappeared to an undisclosed location somewhere in Colorado. That's all I know. 
Hunter Biden is suing the owner of a computer repair shop where he allegedly dropped off his infamous laptop, claiming the man improperly copied and helped disseminate his personal data. Isaac has asserted, among other things, that Biden, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the f- suit filed Friday in U.S. District Court in Delaware is a response to the defamation action that the shop owner, John Paul Mac Isaac, launched in January against Biden, Representative Adam Schiff, CNN Politico, and the Daily beast. Isaac has had asserted, among other things, that Biden, President Joe Biden's son, and others have wrongly suggested he was to participate in a Russian effort to undermine American democracy and the 2020 presidential election. The younger uh, Biden's lawyers, led by Washington attorney Abe Lowell, are firing back. They arguing it is our Isaac who committed wrongdoing. Uh, and, and allegedly accessing and sharing data belonging to Biden. Now, I'm not an attorney here, but I thought it was pretty much understood, right, that computer security is an oxymoron, meaning that there is no such thing as computer security. If you're going to put it on a computer, chances are it can be accessed by someone, especially if you're on the Internet. So that's number one. Number two is this, the... You drop off, uh, and I'm not saying anyone did anything illegal here, but you drop off a computer with some illegal Gluvino on there, guess what? Chances are, uh, by law, the computer uh, uh, repair people have to notify the authorities if if you're doing something illegal. And you you can look up what the accusations are against... Hunter Biden, uh, I don't know whether how credible they are or anything else, but if those uh, accusations hold, uh, I'd be mad at John Paul for not turning in the uh, the contents. Now, how uh, uh, allies of Donald Trump, including Rudy Giuliani and some other people, uh, reportedly uh, uh, you know, got other radio talk show hosts, got copies of the stuff, well, that's not... That's not uh, unbelievable either, because even with this thing we have going on here, people send me information all the time. People talk to me all the time, you know, and I'm sure the same thing goes to everybody else on this network that we're on Safety FM. And, you know, whether you're going to share it or not, you know, is up to you. But if... Uh, so, for example, Rudy Giuliani and some of the other people who have been accused of getting this uh, material illegally, they actually have a Supreme Court precedent that if you're a reporter, and I believe Rudy Giuliani and some of the other people meet the definition of a journalist or a reporter because Rudy Giuliani broadcasts out of New York City. And in New York, if you are getting 50 plus one. 50% plus a little bit more of your revenue from a from journalism or if you're hired a, uh, as a journalist guess what you're legally a journalist so if you're that's my understanding of the law that's why I don't I'm very careful about what uh, we uh, discuss here on the program uh, because legally I'm not a journalist right so uh, that's why I do things the way I do. Uh, but, 
if you're if you're a journalist, you have certain freedom of speech protections, and you have certain protections that people are not asserting with this. So I tell you what, we get information all the time here. Uh, I don't share it. Uh, nothing really illegal, just uh, inside information on things that I'm not comfortable in getting, and that's part of what this is. But anyway, back to the thing. If you're sending stuff out to a computer shop and there's illegal stuff on it, I don't know how you expect them not to report it to somebody, especially with some of the accusations here if they turn out to be true uh, with this. So I don't know. Uh, we'll figure things out uh, here with this. And you now what I'm laughing about is the judge in this case has a very similar name of, for, of two people that I already know. So hold on. I'm going to send them over a joke. So anyway, uh, blah, blah, blah. yeah, I'm saying I like to have fun with people. Britain uh, backs Rolls-Royce effort to develop a micro-reactor to power a moon base. Britain is pinning its hopes on nuclear power becoming the energy source that will fuel the next phase of human exploration of the moon, the country's space agency said Friday. Announcing $3.5 million funding for Rolls-Royce research into how nuclear how into how nuclear could be used as a power man uh, based on the moon, the UK space agency said that technology provide the power for humans to live and work on the lunar surface, dramatically increasing the duration of the missions. And they say it's going to be this micro reactor technology is going to be sent to the moon by 2029. Now, this micro reactor thing has I've known about it for about 30 years. I've been reading about this basically my whole adult life where every community would have a micro reactor. That's where people are going with this, with this. So rather than a coal fired or a gas fired or solar generation plant, uh, by the way, solar, not sustainable, not a sustainable energy source. I hate to break, break anyone's power, uh, break anybody's power, break anyone's bubble here, but my opinion, not sustainable. Right, so you're still going to need other sources of power, whether they're fossil fuels, quote unquote fossil fuels, or nuclear power, or wind power, or something else. But uh, anyway, China now this is going to be very controversial. Uh, China proposed initiative on global civilization hailed. So we're not to Star Trek yet, right? We're not there yet, where we have one government, one government here. And there's a lot of people in the religious community that are against one world government. People outside the religious community outside religion, are, are against one world government. But uh, leaders of political parties and organizations from around the world have hailed the China-proposed Global Civilization Initiative, saying that it has great relevance together with the Global Development Initiative and Global Security Initiative to build up countries' consensus on addressing mounting global challenges in terms of peace, security, development, and harmonious coexistence. This is from ChinaDaily.com.cn. Their comments came as Xi Jinping, General Secretary of the CPC Central Committee, unveiled the uh, Global Civilization Initiative on Wednesday at the CPC in dialogue with other people, right? Now, this is what no, no, we all want to get along. We all want world peace. We, we get all of that. But this is what the issue is. And I'm going to be talking about politics here. Do I have swamp sound effects here? Hold on. 
No, I took off. Took it off. Uh, well, you know what? We might as well could do this then. Okay. So, now that, this is what people want is this sort of thing. You know, uh, we're, we're going to all have come by our moment. We're all going to you know, get together and have world government and everything else. And it's going to be great. Right? And, okay, it's good to have talk of, no, common values, pursuing peace, development equity, whatever equity is. I don't know how to do, how to define it. Justice, democracy, and freedom. And, oh, that's all great and everything else. All right? Well, and that's where we need to get going. We're not at Star Trek yet, where we have one world government where we are able to do this. So what people have been pushing is federalism, meaning the government on the local level, right? And I never got that, how they came out with that. But government on the ro- local level, handling things and handling problems. When you have high-level government, whether it's federal or whatever, not, in this case, world government, uh, how do you have accountability to anything that goes on? That's the argument against it here. So anyway, I you know just something to think about. This is what uh, is in the news. And... No, how does this relate to safety? I'll say this much. You're going to, uh, no. W- what do you do with uh, global environmental problems when the p- decision makers are so far ahead of, uh, above you that there is no accountability? We had discussed sovereign immunity already here. Imagine this type of sovereign immunity <laughs> here, meaning that the government's not responsible when you have a world government or a global civilization. No one's responsible. That's not that's uh, not good. I mean, if I have a problem with my local congressman and a vote that he has, right, a Congressman Lawler, guess what? I could go down and talk to uh, Congressman Lawler. I could probably get a meeting with him. Uh, you know, uh, anybody could. If you have a problem, you know, I've I've done it with a. Uh, opposing uh, politicians where I went down and I spoke to them and you talk in a, you know, in a reasonable measured thing. You're not going down there screaming and yelling, screaming and yelling does work in this and you can talk to them. Oh, well, this is what I believe. This is what I don't believe. Let's say that you have uh, somebody, a representative going to uh, a world government. And well, yeah, you're going to find them there. You're going to be able to talk to that person one-on-one you're going to be able to, it's hard enough. We ha- already have uh, the United Nations. And when was the last time you ever heard of anyone going to the UN ambassador and saying, hey, you're supporting the wrong thing? That doesn't happen. No. It's just the way it is. So here we have uh, at the border, right? Uh, so. Okay, here, hold on. Okay, it's like a graveyard. Record numbers of migrants are dying at the U.S. border. And, of course, this webpage shut down. Okay, local officials keep a refrigerated truck. This is from the Wall Street Journal today. To hold the bodies of migrants who drown in currents in the the Rio Grande while trying to cross the border into the U.S. Across uh, the river... Family is having picnics or walking along the waterfront promenade of Pedro Negros, Mexico. Say they sometimes see bodies floating by or bombing among the reeds under a bridge. We had times when we received four or five bodies a week, said Hugo Gonzalez, owner of Funer- Funerias Gonzalez. That sounds like a funeral home. At one point, there were a lot of corpses and there was nowhere to put them. We didn't have enough refrigerators at the funeral home. 
A spike in deaths along the most dangerous stretches in the U.S.-Mexico border reflects the escalating number of migrants seeking to cross the U.S. from the troubled home countries. So, uh, you know, again, the human smuggling, everything else, big issue here. Uh, hold on, there was another. Okay, so right now we're, we're having huge uh, border crossings in New York, Vermont, and other border states. So, hold on. We close that window accidentally. So, border crossings. I'm sorry about that. I closed the window here. Border crossings uh, from Canada into New York, Vermont, and New Hampshire are up tenfold. Local cops want help. We are seeing more and more people, and it can be deadly terrain if you're not familiar with it. I tell you what. You want to go to some rugged country? Go up to northern Vermont and New Hampshire in the wintertime. In the summertime, it's uh, it's a problem if you don't know what you're doing there. So uh, what happens is apparently uh, people from south of the border uh, come you know, from various countries and they go to Canada without a visa and they cross into the United States. So this is becoming a big issue here on the northern border. Uh, again, a very rugged country. Uh, it's not like a lot areas of the southern border. Uh, okay, that's desert. That's also rugged country. But northern area, uh, you know, it's uh, heavily wooded and everything else. And uh, I don't know. It's not a good thing up there uh, to be crossing the border, especially in the middle of winter. I mean, it's brutal out there. Uh, people are desperately trying to get here. I think this needs to be addressed somehow. And they're ending up dead Okay, that being said, Montana, most polite state in the United States, while Californians could use some lessons and manners. So this is a study from uh, a lighthearted study performed by WordFinder, right? Collected uh, by collective Google Trends searching data from each state to pinpoint which parts of America most often search the web using polite words and phrases. They also measured the most searched compliments and terms of endearment. The most polite state based on their Google searches was Montana. More than 270 of their 270,000 of their searches for 100,000 residents in the past year included polite terms and especially please. Okay, so uh, no, people are doing that. Uh, so here we go. Politest searches by state. Uh, here we have Montana. Please. Let's see what New York is. Cordial. Right, so that's a polite uh, when they have in a search engine. No, polite. And same thing for New Jersey. Cordial. Uh, what is the most impolite state? Is California. Thanks. Right, that's their uh, thing. Now let's go into this. The politest searches by state are Montana. At 273,000. Vermont at 64,000. Montana is very polite. It's like four times the uh, number than Vermont. Alabama at 64,000 and change. Right? Uh, New York is somewhere in the middle. I'm not going to count to them. At 3,607. And New Jersey is towards the bottom of the list with 602. Yeah, big surprise there. 
Overall, darling and beautiful were the most commonly used terms of endearment in the U.S. Almost the entire West Coast was in agreement. Darling dominated searches in Washington and California, as well as Nevada, Utah, Texas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, and Michigan. Oregon was the only outlier with their top search pet name as Sweetheart. So where does, uh, so California was darling. Uh, New York was term of endearment, baby. New Jersey, beautiful. Okay, popular term. I could see all of those. Now, Alabama. I think if I called any woman a term of endearment, doll face, all right, I'd probably get slapped across the face myself. Doll face, really? That's Alabama? That's like a, whoa. Okay, now let's see. In Pennsylvania, looks like it's hottie. I mean, this is a color code, hottie. And North Dakota, honey. Kansas, uh, no, Kansas is princess. Okay. Uh, Wyoming, South Dakota, and Iowa, sugar. And... Let's see, Rhode Island and Ma- Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Massachusetts is a wavy line. Do, do, do. Bay. I guess short for baby. B A E. So, the most searched slang compliments, right? We're having some fun here. The slang com- uh, compliments New York as Gucci. B- Beats the hell out of me what that means. Gucci. New Jersey. Jump for joy. Slang confidence. Jump for joy. Okay. California jump for joy. No, California bussin'. I don't know what that means. Boosin', bussin'. Texas. Purr. Well, slang. I don't know what any of these things. I'm afraid to say some of these things. Jay Allen threw me off the air. Ay, ay, ay. These are like obscene. So, you know, check it out on study finds. Oh, they have. Uh, here you commonly shared among California, Nevada, Utah, Michigan, as the most searched positive sign term was bussin. This means something is good, especially in reference to food. For example, that pizza was bussin, bussin. You may recognize this term from classic surfer lingo, stoked. Meaning enthusiastic or excited. Florida, hey, Lori, if you're listening out there, yeah, this is you, stoked, right? Meaning enthusiastic, she's a coworker of mine. Meaning enthusiastic or excited is Florida, Mississippi, North Carolina, stoked. Uh, similarly, Kansas and Missouri made the most searches for the word amped. Okay, that's for like the 90s in New Jersey. Now, Colorado, Virginia, Minnesota, New York all feature Gucci. This versatile slang term is based on the luxury fashion brand, which explains why it's used to describe something fancy or stylish. Okay, Gucci could also mean something simply good. If someone asks you how you are doing, you might say Gucci if you're doing just fine. Aptly. Now, what's what's the word for Alaska? Chill, right? Referring to typically cool weather conditions of the last frontier. Chill is used to describe something or someone that is cool, easygoing, or or to calm down. Environmental news here. Florida beaches can be dealt a one-two 
Uh, One-two punch, a red tide against a giant seaweed blob. Some, Florida's, some of Florida's most popular beaches could be in for a two, one-two punch of trouble as thousands of spring breakers flock to the Sunshine State. A toxic, toxic algae bloom, known as red tide, is already killing fish along the Gulf Coast, causing a stench. Now a massive blob of seaweed, twice as wide as the United States, is drifting across the Atlantic and could watch ashore in the coming weeks, creating an even bigger mess. Just in time for spring break, right? It could be two problems. It could be two problems turning into a bigger one, said Mike Parsons, a marine science professor at Gloria Gulf Coast University. The algae room has essentially choked some sea life, producing a foul smell as dead marine animals wash ashore. Hey, I guess uh, the people who moved down there during the pandemic, uh, you know, are going to be regretting this very soon. Or it may smell like home in New York and New Jersey. You never know. Especially you're up around exit 13 on the turnpike. Safety Wars is streaming now. SafetyFM.com In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with the Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with the Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with the Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support. OSHA Recordables, catastrophic losses, environmental disasters. You want answers? So do I. This is Jim Pozel with Safety Wars. That's my daddy. Okay. So, by the way, good luck, Jessica. Tomorrow, she's in a uh, cheer competition with her team. So, uh, anyway. All right. So, yeah, that you know, New Jersey is famous for... A smell around exit 13 on the uh, turn turnpike, New Jersey turnpike. But the smell used to be go from exit 13 all the way up to exit 15W, Doremus Boulevard in Newark. So what was the source of that smell? One was that uh, back in the 70s, there was an oil refinery there. And we know how the 70s were with uh, air pollution and everything. They were real bad. But they also put the turnpike on top of a sewage treatment plant. So you could imagine what the smell was. And up on Doremus Boulevard, there was a rendering plant where they used to process animal scraps for, and, you know, uh, make it, no, uh, melt down the fat and make soap out of it sort of thing. 
and other industrial chemicals. I mean, it was horrible. It closed down in the uh, early 2010s. I know people on the cleanup. It was just, no, if you didn't, you know, if you uh, are having a problem losing weight and you can't afford semaglutinide or uh, Wegovy, right, or Ozempic, any of those, it's all the same glove, just get a job at a rendering plant or just park outside. You ain't going to eat for three days, I tell you. So uh, Newsom makes a rook. Abrupt reversal after tough, tough talk on big oil. So, Newsom said he's making major progress with the legislature on a pared-back version of a price-gouging bill. Democratic governor, California governor, made a sudden reversal this week on his effort to hit oil companies with price-gouging penalties amid record-high gas prices and an energy climate. Crisis. Newsom on Thursday unveiled a proposal creating a new do- uh, watchdog arm within the California Energy Commission that would monitor daily petroleum market price fluctuations to ensure that market participants, quote unquote, play by the rules. So uh, he's rolling back some of the stuff uh, here with that. You know, I think a political reality might have hit him at a certain point with this. Uh, but, you know, anyway. Something to think about. New York man who's uh, here. You go, New York man who supported ISIS arrested alleged plot to kill cops, mayor and mayor during St. Patrick's Day parade. A New York man who expressed support online for the Islamic State is charged with plotting to kill police officers and threatening to kill a, a mayor on the street where a local St. Patrick's Day parade was slated to be held. Federal prosecutors said. The person was arrested and charged for making threatening interstate communications, said the Justice Department. Uh, where did they find him? So, reportedly on social media and uh, da, 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 basically on social media. Several uh, threats. So, I don't know. We have, still have to deal with this. You know? Utah man shot. Well, uh, no, we're not going to deal with that. New Jersey congressman call congressman call for halt of offshore wind projects amid state bait of whale deaths. Republican congressman call for a halt of to offshore wind farm development and the GAO, a government accounting office oversight of the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management's leasing process at a March 16th hearing on the boardwalk in Wildwood, New Jersey. Uh, case in point, uh, our friend of the program, Robert S. Green, uh, he is in charge of uh, the boardwalk getting it all up and running for Labor Day. Now, overseeing all of the repairs, he's an engineer. So he's, you know, so I have a little in on this here, right? Uh, representatives Jeff Van Drew and Christopher Smith of New Jersey, Andy, Andy Harris of Maryland, Scott Smith of Pennsylvania confirmed the first congressional hearing into the matter amid a surge in whale and dolphin deaths along the Jersey Shore, which they attributed to survey work for the wind farms. Now, now reportedly, 29 whales have died on the East Coast since December 1st. This is what I'm going to say on this. All right. Is there a correlation? Possibly between the wind farms and the whales. But there's no, no, uh, I have a saying, and you're going to be hearing it more, right? Bad information equals bad policy. I think before they start making accusations here, they have to get some more information here. What exactly is causing this? 
right? Uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. No, uh, right? The New Jersey Department of Environmental Quality, the EEQ, issued a statement on the eve of the hearing saying there is no credible evidence that offshore wind-related survey activities could cause whale mortality. And NOAA, right? Uh, the National Organization of Atmosphere, uh, no, National, NOAA, National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration, I'm going from memory here, says uh, that uh, the nothing has been linked to these wind technologies. I don't know. Again, are we going to have a knee-jerk reaction here? Knee-jerk reactions are what we have to avoid doing. We have to have some type of good scientific information before we run off half-cocked here uh, with this. Residents' right to be rude, upheld by Massachusetts Supreme Court. And why do they have this person? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the article here. And a decision that jangled the nerves of some elected officials, Massachusetts Supreme Court Judicial Court last reaffirmed a basic liberty established by the Founding Fathers, the right to be rude at public meetings. The ruling sent waves of consternation across the state, where many local select board and school committee members have emerged battle-scarred from the coronavirus pandemic and its fierce disputes over mass vaccines and remote learning, stemming from a lawsuit filed against the town of Southborough, Mass., by a resident who says their selectmen had silenced her unlawfully, the decision pushed back against attempts to mandate good manners. So, uh, the, the, so that's what's going on there. I mean, I'll say this much. If you're trying to make a point with someone, the least effective way of doing it is to be rude. You're going to get pushed back. You're going to have problems and everything else. So when you're going to be addressing someone, especially in a public forum, like a public hearing, one, speak factually. Speak passionately, but speak factually, passionately, but speak factually and with logic and reason. Because if you start to go out and start yelling and screaming, delivering any type of rude, personal or slanderous remarks, guess what? You're not going to get your point across. And I understand this. You know, they're calling this the South Burroughs Massachusetts Civility Code for Public Comment at Meetings. It has to be respectful and courteous, free of rude, personal, or slanderous remarks. I tell you what, if you go in there and you start calling people names, and this goes for the boardroom, this goes for job site meetings and everything else, it's not going to... Uh, you're not going to get your point across, and you're going to cause more animosity with this. Uh, you know, should it be illegal? No, it shouldn't be illegal. Not in my estimation. As long as you're not being overly disruptive, it shouldn't be illegal. But you're not going to make your point being rude or anything else. It doesn't seem to make sense to me. Now, this ho uh, hits a little bit close to home for me. Vladimir Putin officially won it on war crimes for abducting children from the Ukraine. From Ukraine, the international criminal courts today accused Kremlin chief of the alleged war crimes and that his troops have meted out across Ukraine in the last year during their special since his specially special military operation kicked off. So. If you're a longtime listener to the program, you know my mother uh, during World War II, and we had a guest on Imogene Salva, uh, 
who wrote a book, uh, One Star Away, about her family's experiences in Siberia and World War II. And my mother uh, was in Archangel Russia. I'm not going to pronounce it that way the Russians pronounce it because I can't, right? Uh, it's their northern ports uh, city where I had 12, uh, 12 uh, family members that were killed, mostly cousins and one uncle who was three years old, uh, starved to death over in Siberia. And what it was was it was a re-education camp. They took Poles out of Poland to, into Russia to go and talk and do no, re-education. So uh, trying to get the Polish out of it. My mother, now food was so scarce that my mother gave my, uh, my mother was given up at, to an orphanage to actually, so they would be enough food. And in that orphanage, what did they do? They taught them Russian. They taught them Russian history. They taught them how to be good citizens, good communists over there. So when my mother came back, and then my, my grandmother, eventually they were reunited over there, they ended up, uh, my mother did not know any Polish. She was very young. Knew no Polish, only Russian. Then my mother said within two or three days, she knew Polish all over again. She had forgotten her Russian. And this is what was historically goes on in that area. So now Vladimir Putin has been accused. Of not, this is not the first time this has gone on a lot over the last year of doing the same thing with children in Ukraine or disappearing children. I don't know if these are uh, valid or not, but Putin's uh, responses is that they have no jurisdiction. The International Criminal Court has no jurisdiction in this area. So... Uh, that's my understanding of this. So, uh, this is from Vladimir uh, uh, Putin's spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov, was quoted as saying, we do not recognize this court, meaning the I ICC. We do not recognize its jurisdiction. Uh, and, I don't know. That's what's going on there. Slovakia. So, yesterday we covered a uh, story here that uh, Poland was sending four, yes, four, uh, uh, Russia, uh, four no, Soviet uh, fighters to Ukraine to fight against Russia, all right? And uh, so Slovakia is sending another 12 uh, MiG-29s over to Russia. Uh, I'm sorry, over to Ukraine to fight in Russia. Why are they doing this one? It's uh, surplus equipment. Uh, with that, right? So, so it's uh, surplus equipment, number one. Uh, Soviet era, uh, very little training the Ukrainians will have to do on this equipment. And uh, my computer just locked up. You got to love this. We're still broadcasting, but again, no backup here. Hold on here. I hate it when the computer locks up. All right, hopefully it's just a lockup. Uh, and we could restart it. But anyway, the uh, so these are older, uh, this is older equipment from uh, Soviet built, and they're looking to get rid of them. The uh, issue with Poland is is that they're looking to get F-16s. They said, look, we're giving up four fighters. You're giving up fighters. You're going to, we want F-16s uh, sort of thing. United States has said, no, you're not allowed to give out the F-16s. Okay, great. So, that's uh, what's going on uh, over there with that. Uh, this is an escalation here 
uh, by uh, an escalation here. I mean, where are we going with this? Might have to rewrite, reissue my book on nuclear terrorism here. And uh, stuff, we may have to be pushing Crescent Carney's book, Nuclear War Survival Skills. Because I, I don't see this ending well here for anybody. So uh, I'm going to go to commercial break because I have to, because I had to get this computer straightened out. So I'll be right back. Is your safety training old, stale, and hackneyed? Is your safety trainer still preaching a warped version of behavior-based safety? How about safety training that actually addresses your hazards in your workplaces and is not standardized baloney from 25 years ago? Contact the Safety Wars team at safetywars.com or call Jim Polzel at 845-269-5772. Remember, if you're receiving this message, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces. In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with the Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with the Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with the Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support. Safety Wars is streaming now. SafetyFM.com So we are back. Sorry about that delay there, but we're having uh, issues here. So uh, we're going to talk about money. Dow Jones Industrial fell 1.19% to 31,861. So uh, what's going on here with the Dow Jones? Again, banks are going uh, down. So uh, issues. So I... I always debate whether I should say this or not. A lot of, uh, I've spoken to several other small business owners in the last week or so since this started happening. And believe me, there is something, uh, you really got to watch this. Something's got to give here. 
All right. Uh, S&P 500 uh, dropped 1.1% also to 39,116.64. NASDAQ fell uh, 0.74% to 11,613.51. Russell 2000 fell by 2.56% to 17,2589. U.S. Treasury note uh, rose by uh, rose to the 3.430. All right. Everyone's stressed. The people are stressed. Banks are stressed. Bitcoin. What the hell's going on here? All right. It's up to 27,788. Yesterday, around this time, it was at 24. So it went up for 3,000 points in one day. And remember, that trades all weekend long. So on Monday, oh, Monday, I'm not going to be here, by the way. Uh, or if I am, it's going to be a pre-recorded program. Crude oil at 66.33. So crude oil dropped. What does this mean? So now we're at 66 bucks. Beginning of the week, it started at 76. Now we're at 66 a barrel. Uh, I don't know. Uh, slowing down on the economy. So what they're uh, predict- predicting is that, here's the headline, from the Wall Street Journal, U.S. crude slips to below $70 a barrel. Barrel Economic fears and investors flight to bonds push oil prices to 15-month lows. So maybe we'll get a little bit of a break here. Precious metals. Gold made a substantial uh, rise today. $70. Silver at $22.91. Up $1.06. Platinum up $3.80. And palladium up $3.20 an ounce. So uh, precious metals are going up. I spoke to someone with uh, talking about this. You ain't seen nothing yet is what they're saying. Again, I'm not giving financial data. Uh, I'm giving data, but I'm not giving an opinion here one way or another. But, uh, you know, it's not, uh, not nice, right? Be careful, my friends. Again, safety means financial safety also. Safety wars, right? COVID-19. This is uh, COVID-19. Well, this is from the Straits Times. Now, I was listening to uh, Sheldon Primus today on his phenomenal uh, 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 podcast, right? The safety consultant. Now, Singapore is like on the uh, cutting edge here, safety, and I believe it. But he did not mention the name of their, uh, their acronym right? the, uh, for their uh, OSHA uh, group out there. It's the Ministry of Manpower, MOM for short. The COVID-19 pandemic, this is from um, Straits Times. The uh, COVID-19 pandemic could settle down this year to a point where it poses a threat similar to flu, the World Health Organization said today. Who voiced confidence that it will be able to declare an end to the emergency sometime in 2023, saying it was increasingly hopeful about the pandemic phase of the virus coming to a close. So as we know, on May 11th, that's the end of the COVID emergency in the United States, according to the president. So, uh, just under two months here. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to get the calendar out. Maybe we should have a, uh, a, a countdown to the end of the pandemic, right? Last week, I marked three years since the United Nations Health Agencies first described the situation as a pandemic, though who chief Tedros Al-Hanam, Ad-Hanam, Ad-Hanam? Oh, last name, Jebrezis. Tedros Adhanam Adhanam Jabrizis. 
and says countries should have jolted into action several weeks before. Okay. Do do do. What by the way, out of curiosity, what are the COVID statistics currently? So this is from the CDC COVID tracker home. New cases this week, 1,000, just shy of 150,000 deaths this week. 1706 is from the Centers for Disease Control. Hospitals, uh, 2,645. And vaccinations are 16.4% of the population. Seems a little bit low. I'm not understanding here. All right. Total cases, 103 million. Total deaths, 1.121512. 1.1 million. And current hospitalizations are 16,391. So this is way down from what it was uh, at the height of this thing uh, uh, here. So we're going to go into some OSHA news and DOL news. The U.S. Department of Labor recovers 353,000 in back wages for 322 workers after finding poultry catching companies denied workers full wages. Working a poultry catching facility is hard. I'm kind of like kind of like thinking of Rocky one, right? Rocky, right? Uh, where the, he's in there with uh, Virgis Meredith, right? Mickey, and he's changing the chicken around, right? And he finally catches the chicken. I, I mean, is that what they're doing? Do we have a whole uh, facility filled with Rockies chasing uh, uh, poultry around? I don't know. Working a poultry catching facility is hard, where people commonly face the risks of working with dangerous equipment on slippery floors around hazardous chemicals and are exposed to the possibility of illness for those handling live birds and the waste and dust they produce. Yeah, so anytime you're dealing with uh, huge amounts of bird guovino, Right, there's a couple of hazards there. You have histoplasmosis hazard. You also have a really non-specific respiratory illness called organic organic dust toxic syndrome, which is uh, which is usually what you get from chicken manure. I've had to work with chicken manure on a hazardous waste cleanup for ammonium perchlorate uh, because chicken manure they call it mushroom manure or uh, mushroom. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Mushroom compost is what they call it. So anytime you see mushroom compost, it's chicken manure. And you know, uh, you get what's called organic dust toxic syndrome, ODTS, with that. And now it's uh, no, it's not good for your lungs. We'll put it, and it's uh, primarily caused by uh, funguses. And as we know, fungi, funguses are very difficult to treat. But two, at two poultry catching facilities in Alabama and North Carolina, the owner made work even more difficult for 322 employees by denying them their full earned wages. So not only is it an unsafe thing, now it's no, they're not paying them. So the division recovered $353,000 plus in back wages for the affected workers who average annual mean wage for their occupation was uh twenty five nine three thirty to thirty one thousand six hundred forty dollars right so the workers in these cases handle an important step in food preparations that is not mechanized as their labor is essential to the industry so this reminds me of a story that uh I you know I have where my friend Robin friends Robin Gloria Rob rest in peace 
they were having a meeting at a facility. Uh, they were caretakers of a convent. And they, they were having a meeting in, in the convent uh, for an organization that we uh, used to belong to. And he says, Jim, just uh, go through the backyard. And I had a camera with me on a tripod and everything. Again, old school, 2008, 2009, this was. No smartphones. And I said, okay, I'll walk through the backyard. And he meant to walk through one part of the backyard. I walked through where the chickens were. And we had this big freaking rooster in there. That thing was huge. I think it was like up to my waist. And I'm 6'4", right? And he... uh kept on coming after me. And I kept on having to hit him with my camera tripod. Very nasty animals. Wow. And what was funny was that he was henpecked, right? The women in there were abusing him left and right. So, uh, you know, uh, so yeah, big and tough guy around me, but around the ladies, not so tough. So, uh, fatal trench collapse in Vernon, Connecticut. This is from the OSHA website. Uh, from today, investigations by Department of Labor and Vernon Police lead to a first-degree manslaughter charges in Connecticut trench fatality. Inspectors with OSHA and special agents with the Department's Office of Inspector General and detectives with the Town of Vernon Police Department investigated the collapse of an eight-foot deep trench that killed an employee of a certain company uh, in Manchester, uh, um, a certain employee from a company that's based in Manchester, Connecticut. OSHA determined that the company failed to provide legally required safeguards and issued the company a citation for willful violations with proposed penalties of $375,000 plus. The company has contested OSHA's finding with the Independent Occupational Safety Health and Review Commission. On March 3rd, 2023, investigators from the police attempted to arrest the owner of the uh, company, the operator of the equipment on charges of first-degree manslaughter and first-degree reckless endangerment. The uh, ale- perpetrators alleged now face first-degree manslaughter and first-degree reckless endangerment charges for failing to provide legally required safeguards that could have prevented a deadly cave-in. These arrests are uh, the result of collaborative investigations. So, Michael, on that, okay, so... I guess, no, uh, I hate to have a person die uh, over this stuff to have them actually enforce the law. Now, what do you mean, Jim? You mean to tell me, you mean to tell me that these got, that uh, these types of things don't happen all the time? How many jobs do you think I've been on where uh, people... Oh, oh, don't worry about it, Jim. We're not going to worry about the shoring today. We're not going to worry about uh, the sloping. We're not going to worry about the benching. We're not going to worry about this. Happens all the time. I have a, uh, I was, we were uh, doing a trench on a hazardous waste site one time and the client supplied the equipment. I get there and all the equipment's broken deliberately. You know, do some air monitoring with that equipment, Jim. I ain't doing air monitoring with that. No. Sorry, can't do it. They called up my boss. My boss said, well, don't worry about it. Uh, just don't do the uh, air monitoring with it. So anyway, it's uh, okay. I thought I was off the air there. So anyway, that's all I have for this week. Remember, we're on Coast to Coast AM tomorrow night. Uh, 
check your local listings. And they have a podcast, Coast to Coast Podcast. I'll be placing links on my uh, social media accounts for this again. And you can visit us at Jim. Uh, give, drop us a line, Jim at safetywords.com, or uh, give us a call, 845 269 Have a great weekend, everybody. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system or transmitted in any any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.